When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. And just this past year, the Cat Writers Association awarded Arden the coveted President's Award, given exclusively to the best of the best. Arden is driven to live her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A pet.com. And Furniture Cat Furniture. Quality cat furniture. Online at Perniture.com. That's P-U-R-R-N-I-T-U-R-E.com. What's up, pet pals? Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Yep, I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm so honored to welcome back to our show the very popular veterinarian, Dr. Judy Morgan. She will be unleashing great holistic tips. And later in the show, we will spotlight a major champion for pit bulls. I'm talking about author and advocate Cindy Marabito of Reunion Rescue. First up, Dr. Judy Morgan is a household name in the pet world. She practiced veterinary medicine for 36 years and is now at the helm of Dr. Judy Morgan's Naturally Healthy Pets Company. Please join me in giving pause and applause to Dr. Judy Morgan. Welcome to the show, Dr. Judy. Thanks for the invitation. I'm really happy to be here. So veterinarian for 36 years and you're still not done you you do a lot in (laughs) in the world of pets how many books have you done now is it five five all right for you great radio show tuner inners is there such a word um it is called (laughs) raising naturally healthy pets and what's the small print say it says a guide to helping your pets live longer tell us about this book I have, like you said, I've written five books. My first one was From Needles to Natural, Learning Holistic Pet Healing. I like that title. And that book came about because I was part of a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, which is my breed of choice. But I was I was invited to join this group. And as as social media goes, everybody was asking everybody questions. What do you give for heartworm? What do you feed? What do you do for this? What do you blah, blah, blah. And then they kind of noticed my answers were different from everybody else's because I'm holistic. <laughs> and I wasn't saying give all these vaccines and use all these chemicals. And they were like, hmm. And then as new people would join the group, and it's been capped at 400 people for the past 10 years. I mean, they kept the group small on purpose. Um, 
but but somebody yeah somebody jokingly said you know you should write all this down somewhere because we keep asking the same questions as new people join and i said well maybe i'll write a book and so i did and i I didn't know anything about writing a book publishing a book doing any of that kind of stuff so i wrote it uh in 2013 and then sat on it for a year because i didn't know what to do with it (laughs) but i figured out you're waiting to hatch, Dr. Judy. <laughs> Actually, I'm glad I did. I am really glad that I waited, though, because the, there was a new group of flea and tick chemicals that came out in the spring of 2014, the Isox Azalines, oh. Prevecto, Semperica, Cordelio, Nexgard. Yes, yes. And yeah. when those hit the market, I sort of did a shudder and wanted to have a heart attack. And I said, we cannot allow these to be used in our pets. These are so dangerous. I have to go back and put that in the book. So I'm really glad that wow, I did sit on yeah. it because I got to put that in there. So it came out in 2014. And then after that, I started writing cookbooks. So I have three cookbooks for dogs uh, nice. based on what, Chinese. What's one of your favorite um, recipes you make for your um, royal pups at home? Pup loaf. Pup loaf is trademarked, actually, and it oh. is also now commercially made by All Provide in Georgia. So oh, you can buy it already made. So it's a beef base, but it also has gizzards. It has sardines. It has beef liver. It has eggs, lots of veggies. Um, it's 100% complete and balanced, and tons of people around the world make pup loaf. And when I made the original recipe, I kind of, again, kind of did it on a lamb. I was making stuff for my own dogs. And I was like, oh, you know, what would I do if I wanted really good heart health and I wanted good liver health and I wanted to protect their kidneys and blah, blah, blah. So I put it together and then I put it in a couple of books and posted it on my website and did videos of it. And it literally is viral worldwide. People are making pup loaf around the world. Have you made it for your husband? (laughs) Um, I have actually, uh, when we had it commercially made at All Provide and we did our announcement video, the owner of All Provide and I both ate it online. But that actually (laughs) is good stuff in there. Heart health, omega-3s, I mean, inflammatory. Do I sound somewhat okay? I actually write the nutrition column for Catster and Dogster. So I love it when I get like a Dr. Gene Hub or some other folks because I want to give people know that there are options. And yeah. you are a big proponent of what's in coming in down the throat can make a difference in the health of a dog or a cat, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Food is the foundation of life. And if you don't have a good foundation, you can't build a good house. So what would be um, some, you know, because if people want to make a homemade treat or a homemade diet, but you do want to make sure that they're balanced, you've got your website. Talk about that and how you can help give us a few tips on making sure that meal being served to your four-legger is is good to go so on our website there's actually a tab for recipes and we have recipes yeah we have recipes (laughs) for heart health we have recipes for kidney health we have pup loaf we have bone broth golden paste um 
just a pancreatitis recipe, a dry eye recipe. So a lot of that is available for free on our website. And then, like I said, we have the cookbooks. Uh, the most popular one is Yin and Yang Nutrition for Dogs, Maximizing Health with Whole Foods, Not Drugs. And that book, it is from a Chinese medicine food therapy perspective. So we talk about yin and yang and the different um, personality traits and things and how to feed your dog for what their personality is or what their Chinese element is. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So what, give me an example of one of your dogs. What would be their Chinese element? What would be oh, good for them? So let's see, one of my dogs. Uh, well, Forrest, my puppy, Forrest For, Gump. <laughs> Because he was born with a few issues. He has hydrocephalus and uh, a few, his back legs kind of, the joints bend the wrong direction. Uh, so he has something called a Jing deficiency, which is a life essence deficiency. He was born with parts and pieces that weren't quite perfect. Um, and so that's well, fine. I, that's, I was lucky enough to get him. He came from one of the top breeders in the country, but he came out with these issues. And she said, is I have to find, a, is he a, is he a he's a cavalier. He's a cavalier and uh, his breeder said, I need to find a special needs home for my special needs pup. And so through a mutual friend, Forrest got flown to my house. <laughs> um, but Run, he... And landed the puppy lottery. The he did. Something in her, in, in, so in a diet things, good. things that support life essence are things that are the beginning of life. Eggs are the beginning of life. Small okay. fish like sardines okay. are the beginning of life. Small nuts and seeds. So things like sesame seeds or ground almonds. Uh, they're going to be things that are the beginning of life. So sprouts like would it. also be really good. Um, and with a Jing deficiency is um, under the water element because that's your kidneys and, and kidneys are our life essence. That's where it's stored. So for people, when we're born, if everything was put together right and we weren't born with deficiencies, we are given 100 years of life in our kidneys. If we take good care of ourselves, eat well, exercise appropriately, but not too much, um, have good relationships with people, live in a clean environment. You know, if we do everything right, we get our 100 years. If we do everything perfect, we might get a little more. So you know, some people live to be 120. And if we are putting poisons in our body and doing things to excess, it's going to shorten it. Um, All right. Well, we got to kind of get ready to take a break. So. I'm hoping that Forrest isn't drinking bourbon every night. He's not. Okay. okay. <laughs> but, all right. but the point is, you really, food is fuel. Food is keeping us healthy and happy and make yes. smart choices. And that's why I like you offer a lot of good advice and good ideas and a three cookbooks. So everybody, we're going to talk more with Dr. Judy after we take this break. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. Pets, they're incredible, and I'll bet you your pet is the most incredible. Yeah? So why not tell us about it? Or better yet, show us. Our email address is flpetpals at gmail.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. On our show back is Dr. Judy Morgan. We talked about the food. You got a new book. What What's the focus of this book? And go ahead and uh, say the name and the title again, because I want you to sell a zillion. <laughs> it's actually doing really well. It's been number one in seven categories on Amazon for, for four weeks. So we're very happy with it. Raising Naturally Healthy Pets, A Guide to Helping Your Pets Live Longer, which is what we all want, right? We want right. our pets want to our stay. Pets to be nicknamed Methuselah. Yeah. Well, we we want cats to live to be 30 and we want dogs to live into their 20s. And that's our goal. So we've always done rescue and even our rescue dogs were getting 18 and 19 years. So it is. And that's what I want for everyone. We've somehow decided in our society that and I see this on social media all the time. Oh, I lost my dog. He had a good long life. He was 12. I see 12 and I, I want to have, you know, a conniption. I'm like, you, you only got half a life. So yeah. uh, the larger the breed, the shorter the lifespan. But still, we are seeing Great Danes living to be 16 and 17. So if 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 they're if they're bred correctly and we're testing for genetic diseases, and you know, there's just so much that goes into that. But anyway, so this eat is yeah. important. Yes. So the book talks about how to feed them to get a longer life, which is feeding real whole foods, not burnt dry balls sprayed with fat and chemicals. Uh, <laughs> so there's a big chapter on that. Kibble. Uh, yeah, Kibble. maybe. Um, yeah. It's not allowed in my house. Um, so there's a huge chapter in there on vaccinations because we are giving way too many vaccinations to our pets. So every vaccine is detailed, what it would be used for, how long it lasts. Because by the way, folks, you don't have to go get them every year. That's a myth. Yeah, um, just help me out. There is things called core and non-core yes, vaccines. Yes. And I do think years ago, it was a way to get people to come back to the vet and not wait yeah. till the pet was 10 years without seeing a vet. Yes. But now there's wellness exams. I get my pets every six months wellness exam. Absolutely. And, and I talk to my veterinarian. Well, let's talk about this vaccine. Really? These are the circumstances. But you're a DVM. So can you give us a, a couple of insights? Yeah. So it, there is no one size fits all. And I hate it when we I have clients who go into because uh, now I just talk to people online and they'll go into their veterinarian with their new puppy and they give them a sheet that says, OK, here's the vaccine schedule for the next 16 weeks. You're going to come in every two weeks and we're going to give seven vaccines at a time. And it's a one size fits all. There is no one size fits all. Your dog who lives in a high rise apartment in New York City and uses a piddle pad and never goes outside is going to have a lot different life experience than a hunting dog that lives in Mississippi out in the swamps. So by you in the bayou. <laughs> so you have to look at the individual pet. And that means having a conversation with your veterinarian about no, I my pet does not fit into that mold. Here's my pet's lifestyle. Here's what my cat does. So even my outdoor clouder, uh, <laughs> my barn, we had two stray cats show up pregnant at the same time and we have a 23 acre farm. Um, and so we brought them in the house when they were having their babies and they stayed inside until the babies were big enough. They were given one distemper vaccine 
and I waited until they were 12 weeks old and they were given one rabies vaccine when they were five months old. And that is probably all they will ever get. Those are core vaccines. And they're probably very healthy. They, and they're raw fed and these are the healthiest cats I have ever owned, ever. So that's what I'm doing for my cats. Now, that's not going to be what is right for every pet owner, every cat. Um, most people have indoor cats. And if you have indoor cats, well, let's see, they're not exposed to a whole lot. There's no reason to get a leukemia vaccine for your indoor cat. They're not exposed to it. So what's so, another good section? Uh, so another vaccine? good section is how to find the right veterinarian for you and your pets and how to have a con the conversations with them, like the my pet is an individual, how to have that conversation yeah. without backing them into a corner, making them defensive. If you want to raise your pet holistically, how are you going to have that conversation of, I'm feeding my pet raw food and the veterinarian is standing there with a whole bunch of prescription kibble going, I don't support that. And you're going to kill everybody in your family by feeding raw food, which is such a myth, such a myth. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, how do you bridge that gap between yes. them being on this side of, you know, most traditional veterinarians have a mantra of every pet every month gets all year round gets a flea and tick chemical and a heartworm preventative some of them even say that for cats as well as dogs even if your kitty cat never goes outside why would you use these chemicals so if you're in a practice where their mantra is every pet every yes. month all yeah, year I long see. yeah you need to know how to bridge that gap and have the conversation without making everybody mad. So there's a Tell me. All right. I, chapter I, on that as well. Because <laughs> we got a couple minutes left. I want to see your, your negotiation skills. Go ahead. Okay. Um, usually in most practices, and even in my practice, the technician comes in the room first. So they escort you into yeah. the room with your pet and they'll look at your record and they'll say, well, I see that Fluffy is due for a rabies vaccine. And oh boy, you're really overdue on that distemper and parvo vaccine. And yep, we got to do a heartworm test today and we're going to send you home with heartworm preventative. And what are you using for flea and tick prevention? And I will tell you that every one of my technicians, even though we were a holistic practice, had that same conversation at the beginning. Wow. And they would also say, what are you feeding your pet? And so then you give them your answers and they go, oh, we don't like that. This is what we recommend. That's the point when you say, that's great. You did a great job explaining that to me. I really appreciate you taking the time. However, I have a difference of opinion and I'm not going to vaccinate my pet. I think that we're fine based on where he lives. I'll be happy to discuss that with the doctor. And uh, we don't use chemicals in our house, so I'm not going to use flea and tick prevention, but I am using a natural product that has worked really well for me. Uh, so you want to, you know, not engage them angrily, but just be appreciative. Thank them for their time and knowledge because they spent a lot of time learning all that, even though we don't agree with it. <laughs> and then when the veterinarian comes in, you basically kind of have to do the same thing and say, look, I know you went to school and I know this is what they taught you. I understand it. I understand this is what the industry thinks is appropriate for our pets. However, my lifestyle is different. I don't get vaccines for me. I'm for my children. I'm not going to give them to my pets because they're not, they don't have the exposure. My Lord, my puppy has had a half of a distemper vaccine and a half of a parvo vaccine. That's it. Probably lived to be 30. <laughs> Probably. Well, we can hope. Yeah. What's a, what, what would be, we just got a few seconds left. I can't believe the time goes so fast. 
But what would be something that might surprise people about Dr. Judy Morgan? Outside the world of veterinary medicine, holistic, what is some talent, skill, achievement you've done that people might be surprised about? I don't yodel. I did very heavily show horses for a lot of years. I did it uh, as a teenager. And that's actually how I ended up going to vet school because of uh, 4-H teaching me so much. And that's where I learned public speaking. Um, And then I took a horse to college and rode on a student student mounted police. Um, (laughs) And then got back into horses after my kids were born. So does that make you a naysayer? Oh, that's bad, right? <laughs> hey, Dr. Judy, I'm so happy you could be a guest on our show. Uh, I'm going to have you back again because you just have so much good information. drjudymorgan.com, drjudymorgan.com. She is really there for your pets. She is your pet's advocate. I think that's what it says on your website, too. It does. Um, did you have a good time, Dr. Judy? I did. This is fun. all right well stick around we're going to take a break and we'll be right back so sit stay we'll be right back welcome back to arden moore's four-legged life show Yep, I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, our next guest is a major advocate for pit bulls. She's an author of on many topics, actually, and she just released a mutt get, get it, mutt get new book. It's called Pit Bull Nation. What she is about to say about pit bulls may surprise you and hopefully inspire you. So, of course, I'm speaking of Cindy. Marabito of Reunion Rescue. Welcome, welcome to the show, Cindy. Thank you, Arden. I'm glad to be here. I'm, you know, you had me at pit. You had me at pit. I mean, there's a lot of different dogs out there, but let's just clear one little myth. The pit bull is not a breed, is it? No, there is no pit bull breed. (laughs) Good. So it's a mishmash, but it is American. It's yeah. they're the oldest native American dog breed is the American Pit Bull Terrier. And it's a mishmash, like I think all of us Americans are. We're all part oh, I, this I'm, and part I'm that. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I'm a canine cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> so but they've been around a long time. What made you say, you know, I want to dedicate my life to helping pities? Well, you don't have to be crazy to work here. (laughs) I didn't set out. I didn't set out and say, oh, I'm going to go rescue pit bulls. And in fact, in the beginning of the book, I really get into this heavily. I did not like pit bulls. I was like everybody else. All I'd seen was maulings, uh, going for their throat, that famous picture. And I've never even found out where it comes from. But there's a, a brindle dog, and I talk about it in the book with these fang-like horror movie fangs and saliva dripping off. And they always pull it out whenever there's a bad pit bull issue. The news, it's just the stock photo they show. So I I was like most. I started volunteering one. Huh? I found one. Okay. And I started calling. I was living in San Francisco. 
the coastal county of the book. I was living in San Francisco and I thought, oh, we're in this wonderful town named after St. Francis of Assisi, the animal saint. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Let me start calling and yeah, let me start calling and find uh, help for this pit bull. There was none. Oh, the SPCA said we don't help any uh, off the street pit bulls. You have to send it to the pound and then we might adopt under our 1994 adoption pact. We'll get into all the politics later. Okay, but what happened is the dog got adopted. Chapter three, Angel Divine. she ended up being a an icon to me and to pit bulls in San Francisco. She would she was called the Princess of South of Market. She would walk nice. around and visit every storefront with her dad Marty, who became a friend, uh, mm-hmm. and kind of set the pace for what would lead up to Reunion Rescue. Started volunteering. What were you doing at the time? Were you a writer? What were you doing at the time? I've always been a writer and filmmaker. I went to school for filmmaking. I've made one film in the middle of another one. Um, And I was working at Monaco Labs as a QC, kind of like what, um, uh, uh, what's his famous name? Uh, Gosh, I'm just blank. That's all right. Anyway, uh, I QC'd films. I uh, any sixteen or thirty-five millimeter film that would come in, I'd look for mistakes. Lab so mistakes. Quality control, gal. Quality control. You're, you're you're an editor. <laughs> Spike Lee did, used to do it. That's who I was trying oh. to think of. Okay, Spike Lee. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's but his career to took off a little bit better than mine did. Well, you took a different direction. <laughs> you didn't dog leg the pit bulls. Yes, I did. <laughs> So anyway, I started volunteering at SFACC and one thing led to another and I just started seeing these, all the room, all the dogs in Pitbull Room 116 were being killed. People would go to the door and say, oh, that's the Pitbull Room. We're not going in there. And I got to know the Pitbulls slowly because I was scared of them and started taking their pictures. One thing led to another and in a dream one night, it came to me. Reunion Rescue, kind of like Reunion Tower in Dallas. I wanted to throw back to Texas. Oh, I'm in, I'm in, uh, I live in Dallas. I know Reunion Tower very well. Yes, yes. And when you say SFACC for the folks, that's San Francisco Animal Care and Control. Okay, good. Okay, good. All right. So, all right, keep going. Well, then I started Reunion Rescue and the whole story is told in the book, but basically, our tagline, saving pit bulls one dog at a time. That's what I've been doing for the past 25 years. Saving so pit I bulls. Think this, is, this is interesting, um, Cindy, because you were scared of them. You didn't know them. And now you're you're an advocate for them. What does that say to others about giving a little more hope to pities? Because I'm going to throw this out there. I lived in Oceanside, California for many years and worked with the San Diego Humane Society. And every year I got to be a celebrity judge for the unbelievable Pitbull Beauty Contest. And what we would do is get the pitties that had been adopted the year before. They dressed them up and they walked the catwalk and they raised money 
for the next batch of pities that were currently housed at the San Diego Humane Society. Shout out to Dr. Gary. And it really made a difference. I have a friend that has a pity that paints her nails pink and wears a pink collar. So there's little tactics that people can do to sort of disarm um, myths or uh, stereotypes, right? Absolutely. And what they can best do to me, and this is really what the message, the ultimate message of the book is, is even if you don't want to adopt a pit bull, I get it. Go in and volunteer. Volunteer with the rescue, a good rescue. And there's a ton in the Oceanside area. I, I work with, uh, I've, uh, it's the pits down in San Diego for years. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that a, a passion? Name? <laughs> passion for pities is a friend, Elise. She's reading the book right now. I mean, there is, like I said, I've been rescuing up and down California. I never left, really. Um there's some good work going on, but go in and volunteer, even go and show up at one of these um, uh, pop-ups on the weekend yeah. where they have adopt-a-thons and pet the dogs with the other people. You will come around. The best advertisement is like what your friend was doing. Dress up that good pity or even a bandana for a boy yeah, if yeah. you want to keep it and yeah. go for a walk, a well-trained walk. Just that live picture, you know, videos do so much more on social media than yeah. skills because people love to see action. And so go walk down the road with that well-behaved pity and somebody goes, well, wait a minute. I was just at the, the shelter and I saw one that looked just like that. Maybe I'll go pet that one. Just it puts the idea in the head. And it is amazing what just that one little vision can do to help Dogs of all so breeds. There was something I saw on the Reunion Rescue site. Everybody, please go to reunionrescue.com after the show. For every one pity that gets adopted, what was the number? That don't I don't make? even remember, but it's changed. I think it was like, I think it was like four or 500 don't make it. Oh, it's, it's, it's incredible. And we were talking about California. Yeah, I recently pulled a cruelty case from Bakersfield. Okay. I brought him to Texas. I was working for two weeks trying to find anything. And I called everybody I'd ever known in California. I found one open um, spot to board, one dog. And she was only doing it as a favor to me because we go back. Nobody. Well, we're almost getting ready to take a break. Okay. So we'll bring that up happens. later. Yeah. Because people want to hear. So you all. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're speaking with Cindy Marabito. She is with Reunion Rescue. Bless you for all you're doing. But right now, we're going to take a break. You guys know the drill. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And now, you never have to miss not even one second of any episode. Why? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. <laughs> Bringing out the best in pets and their people, this is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Yep, it's me, Arden Moore. We're speaking with Cindy Maravito with Reunion Rescue. She has a big, big heart for pities. There's tons of tips and tricks we're going to get into. But you were talking about this one dog that you found one place to be able to foster. Continue. 
Yes, it was four dogs. They were victims of a horrible cruelty case. And I called everybody I knew. I figured if I pulled one, then I could get three other good rescues I know to each pull one. I already had two talked into it. Okay. No place to board in California. And so the rescues are strapped. They're not able to pull. And any of the big rescues will tell you they have a good foster system set up, but the boarding is just shut down. And I, my find on this, I was shocked and I pulled, I, the last minute came, they were about to be put down and I took a huge leap of faith as I will do. And I said, give them to me. I called my good friend, Angela, and I'm not going to give the name because the cruelty case they came from, it's been written up and it's going to court, but Angela and Ruben are partners in a great refuge and rescue I work with. She said she'd board all four of them because I wanted to keep them together. Their family unit kept them together and kept them, I believe, to be able to withstand the horrible cruelty they were under. And so she sent Ruben. He drove two two days and nights without stopping to get to the shelter. And the reason I pulled him not was, was not just for the dogs. It was for the people at Bakersfield shelter who knowing that they were going to die, kept going in there and working with those dogs every day. I could not let that down. After they got out, they waited an hour and a half after the shelter closed for Ruben to get there. So those dogs could get nice because they were closed the next day. It was the first cruelty case with a bite that had ever in Bakersfield history been saved. That's impressive. Well, kudos to you and to them for doing that. Let's talk about some things that might surprise people about pitties. And we we mentioned that they're not a breed. They represent kind of a, a, a group. But tell us about the label nanny dogs. Well, my favorite story is a sad story. Oh, I think okay. the most famous nanny dog and we have all the footage to prove it, was Petey of the Little Rascals. Oh, yeah, yeah. Petey, I mean, it was in the 30s and 40s and on into the 50s, I do believe. But anyway, Petey really was the face of all nanny dogs. He did what... he had that black eye. Black eye. I've got him downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. And the RCA dog. Um, No... Petey was an icon. He he represented what they did. I mean, I'm a member of a couple of vintage groups on Facebook that send a picture out every day. You can look them up on Facebook. They're awesome. Yeah. And I can't help it with knowing what I know. Looking at these pictures and they're sitting there posing in these old <laughs> tin type still with their owners. How many of those men were fighting the dogs? You know, you just, yeah. that's what they did. They fought them and then they also babysat the kids. We don't like that, but it is part of history. No, um, they, they, they've been called because they were really, had a rep for being good with kids. And and talk about the personalities because um, I'm going to do a shout out to Jocelyn Shannon of Oceanside, California. She had a pity named Stella. And uh, Stella and my dog Chipper were really good friends, and she rescued Stella from a from a shelter. And I'm telling you, I never met such a fun, goofy dog that I did in Stella. They really can be a little clownish, right? Yes, they're very hammy. They don't want <laughs> they want to perform, 
And that's okay. their downfall. That's how they've been misused. But they also genuinely, here's something that people don't know. Way back in those days when people were breeding pit bull yeah. breeds, American Staffordshire, et cetera, they were breeding to be human friendly. Okay. If you reached in and the dog showed any human aggression, that dog was put down and culled from the strain. So that, even though all the breeding has kind of been messed up by some backyard breeders, I actually yeah. do endorse, I think the dream is to have good breeding, but yes, some of the, these backyard breeders have messed with the lineage. And yeah. what it, but what's held up is that human aggression has been culled from the pit bull breeds because of those old commonplace practices. If that dog showed any eyeball, whale eye, whatever you yeah. want to call it, they were they were culled or and or destroyed. And the other thing is, there's another myth. It says that you know that pitties have this locked jaw. But I was doing some research, and it, did you know that the two breeds that have a more powerful bite are German Shepherds and Rottweilers? Did you know that? No, I did not know that. Yeah. And I'm going to have to go update my chapter two on Mookie, who was a German <laughs> Shepherd. <laughs> and he did have a soft mouth. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, I think any dog can any dog look can at bite their teeth. At any time. Yeah, yeah. They can but all conflict harm. Yeah. So um, tell us about Reunion uh, Rescue. How can people help? You've been doing this for over 20 years. I love the name. Tell us a little bit about its purpose and how things are going. Well, let's put it. I'm going to go back to my four from Bakersfield. Okay. Um, the the main dog isn't a pit bull. He's a white shepherd right? Uh, with a little husky. His name was Apollo but I've changed it to House of Gucci, Paolo. <laughs> I call him that all the time. That's good. Uh, That's good. The, the three little uh, blue nose miniature pocket pitties, and they're named after um, they're named after uh, hip hop. I call them RZA, SZA, and Cardi B. And Cardi B is just as sassy as her namesake. That's she awesome. they really come out of their fear, and they found that amazing Ruben pulled over and, and bought them hamburgers that first night and boy he was their friend for life oh yeah they didn't <laughs> want to get out of the car mm. yeah <laughs> they didn't want to get out of the car it was the best place yeah. they'd ever been so what I'm doing with it's costing me 1400 a month to board them so every book I sell goes to pay for that boarding I, I don't make a salary people can donate right on reunion rescue oh yeah make a donation and they can also go to the pet finder and sponsor one of these dogs if they like. There you go. There you go. I what like we're that doing idea. is working together. The big thing in the book, the message, what I'm trying to get people to do is to change the situation in California and all over the USA. Let's work together. One dog at a time. That's all it takes. I started putting up a dog of the day on the Reunion Rescue Facebook page. And I'm not saying it's because of Reunion Rescue, but I'm saying that idea of putting it out there, putting the message out there, this dog needs help. People see the picture, share it, and dogs were starting to get saved. Up until one in Ventura, Carl, every dog that we put up was saved. I can't believe we only have about a minute left. So okay. I do want to say this is that 
Your skills as a writer and a storyteller, I think, has played a role in helping save some of these pities. Go listen to the link on Chirp of uh, Pitbull Nation, and it tells just a little bit of Martha's story. And I think okay. that is such an important story because I couldn't save her at the time. I didn't have a rescue, but she was that dog. She could have been in the top tier of drug detection dogs. She had that gift, but I couldn't save her and she wasn't adoptable. So she's an icon to me. Everything I do, I think about her every day. And okay. I, I try to do my work to honor her and other dogs who really could be good adoptable pets. Well, I salute you, Cindy Maravito. Everybody, that's our show for today. Can you believe it? I want to give pause up to our special guest. Earlier, we had Dr. Judy Morgan on giving holistic tips and just heard about Pitbull Nation with Cindy Marabito. Special shout out to my wonderful sponsors, Furniture Furniture, Furniture.com and TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A. They make a lot of great products to keep our pets happy and healthy. I want to also thank you all the radio stations airing our show coast to coast. We keep getting more and more shows. Thank you. Thank you. And most of all, thank you listeners for being loyal and listening to the people that we have on our show who are telling extraordinary things about what dogs, cats, and other critters do for us. And until next time, this is your host, Arden Moore, giving just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Buzz up! Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch full-length video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week.